Welcome to Local News Live, Ray TV, Washington, D.C. correspondent, Nicole Newman. Nicole, thanks for uh, jumping on Local News Live today. You've been covering a story about how the Build Back Better program may impact schools. That is, if uh, that legislation, the Biden administration's economic plans uh, gets passed, and that's facing some issues right now, potentially in the Senate. But what would be kind of the broader impact on schools if, if it would get through? As far as schools, um, the Education and Labor Committee is proposing just over $454 billion. Um, specific things that impact education within itself would be funding for universal preschool for three and four-year-olds, lowering the cost of childcare. care. Um, I believe the quote is that they want it to cost no more than 7% of um, a family's income, as well as for child nutrition programs. And also, as far as the labor portion of it, is addressing some of those things like the teacher shortages, as well as the bus driver shortages that we're seeing. Yeah, and those have been in the news a lot, and you brought the teacher and bus driver shortages. There's really shortages across all districts in, in almost every department, cafeteria shortages, uh, custodial shortages, and it seems like this legislation potentially may address those. I think it can. I mean, of course, one of the things when I spoke to the chair of the Education and Labor Committee representative or congressman, Bobby Scott, he brought up, you know what, we've had these issues and COVID has really amplified them. And so in the wake of, you know, these school systems, I mean, there's schools locally here in D.C. that are having to go back to virtual learning because, you know, COVID cases are spiking again. And I mean, we're going into our second holiday season now, you know, unfortunately dealing with the pandemic. And regardless of what side you fall on, you know, how things are being handled, I mean, I feel like those are one of those things that can't be ignored that, you know, coming out of this, that teachers need help, schools need help, students need help, you know, and moving forward in how they learn, you know, and progress through their education. And um, one of the things that he said, he was like, you know, this, this still has to be instituted. So, you know, depending on what happens in the Senate with it being passed, and we know it passed back in the House back in November, and here we are a month later, and um, still really no forward movement. Um, so moving forward, to answer your question, um, I think it still remains to be seen that if the Build Back Better Act is passed, exactly how quickly they're able to implement some of these um, changes and to get the funding to where it needs to be. Sure, and that's still an uphill battle, as we've been talking about, to even get it through uh, the Senate to get it on President Biden's desk. I know one of the big uh, parts of this legislation and maybe one of the bigger talking points surrounding education and this agenda is money for child care and universal pre-K. I think $380 billion, which is, a, of course, a, seems like a pretty significant amount, is set aside for that aspect. What does that look like? One of the things that was brought up is that, you know, um, disproportionately women are being impacted, especially throughout the, the pandemic um, when it came to who had to stay home to homeschool and take care of the children. You know, a lot of that were moms, working moms that were, that had to do that just because whether it was affordability or just the scheduling around it. Um, as far as the universal preschool, that's something that was still up in the air because I did ask that question. I was, that, that initially was how I went into the story. I was like, what does this look like? We're talking three and four-year-olds. You know, I went to pre-K, but in, in, a, in a degree, yes, it did prepare me for school, but, you know, what does it look like now? What, what would it look like moving forward? And so 
those questions still remain to be answered in the event that it's actually implemented and it passes the Senate. You mentioned working mothers. Um, when the pandemic hit, they had to stay home with their kids, and maybe this could potentially help them out. Yeah, through this investment, and again, this is specifically from, um, this is the most updated information that I have from the Education and Labor Committee, um, that nearly all families of four now, earning up to 300000 would pay no more than 7% of their income on child care. So, I mean, I, I think that that probably covers a large vast of people. Um, what are the next steps potentially for the legislation um, on this particular uh, bill or the Build Back Better plan, I guess? You know, for sure, I can't really, I can't really answer that. Um, I would think that if something was to be passed, that they would have to have all parties or at least enough votes, obviously, to get that done. And so it's, you know, what can we do to bring everyone to the table? You know, um, a few weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity to speak with um, Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio. And one of the things that he really talked about, he was hopeful that it would pass by the end of the year, simply because the child tax credit is expiring. And that a lot of the constituents that he talks to from his state are saying, you know, we're really having to decide whether we're putting food on the table or we're paying our rent. And that's what the child tax care credit was doing for those Ohio families, and I'm sure families across the nation, you know, and, you know, and sometimes it just depends on, you know, whether you talk, you know, who you're talking to down party lines, you know, um, because I also spoke with Senator Hawley, Josh Hawley from um, Missouri, uh, Republican senator, and he wasn't for it at all. So, um, you know, I, I just think that there's different aspects, you know, um, in something that's so massive, and then knowing that this is something that's part of President Biden's agenda on trying to move forward and especially coming, trying to come out of the, the pandemic on how to move the country forward, I think that there's, um, I don't know, maybe there's leadway where people feel like, hey, you know what, let me get in what I want to get in. Republicans that you have spoken with, uh, what are some of their concerns about uh, the, the legislation? Is it the high price tag? Is it where some of the money is going? What is, you know, you mentioned Senator Holly, what have they kind of said to you? I think a lot of it has to do with cost. Um, some of the points that have continuously been stressed to me, like inflation, high gas prices, certain things that we're dealing with now, like, will this add to that? Nicole, what else uh, do you have on your, your docket? What else are you, you covering now? Uh, you know, I don't know so much, if I'm really allowed to say, I will go for it and I'll say, I know the story that I have um, that we're putting out this week on my enterprise piece. Um, you know, going back to August recess, I went out to uh, Springfield, Illinois, and I spoke to some of the state lawmakers there. Um, at that point in time, they were working on the state's redistricting map. And um, just before um, Thanksgiving, Governor Pritzker, who I had an opportunity to meet when he came here to um, attend the infrastructure bill signing, um, he signed it into law. And so basically the fallout of it is that the state legislature there is Democrat, Democratic controlled. And so the way that the map has been drawn is, of course, to give the Democrats um, an advantage. And so what it does is it pits some Republicans up against each other because they're trying to get potentially um, like an extra seat in Congress. And so um, I had an opportunity to speak with um, Representative uh, Darren LaHood, 
as well as um, Representative Mike Boss about this and kind of, you know, um, you know, Representative Boss, he's already campaigning, like he's in campaign mode. And so that was very interesting um, to hear, um, you know, of course, going into the new year. Yeah, I believe that legislation potentially gets rid of the seat of Adam Kinzinger, who's been an outspoken critic of, of President Trump. And I, if I remember right, I don't think he's going to be running again because he would run against uh, Congressman Darren LaHood, who you mentioned. So you're right, that does, in that particular state, uh, put Republicans in kind of a tricky situation. Yeah, so that's the 16th district. And so, um, yes, and Kinzinger has been very outspoken um, against um, former President Donald Trump and kind of like following that impeachment vote is, um, I guess, where some people can say things continuously started to go downhill for him. Um, but, you know, I did speak to LaHood. I can say that he says he's um, he sees it as an opportunity. Um, one of the things that he brought up is that he he doesn't feel that this is something I thought was really interesting because I mean, regardless, like, I feel like we always hear about gerrymandering, probably like every time, every 10 years or so when the maps are redrawn simply because whoever is in control of the state legislature, of course, is going to redraw the maps to give their party, you know, the advantage. Um, he supports a third party actually doing it, someone who um, is not either Republican or Democrats to go ahead in here and to redraw these lines. He says he thinks that it would be a fairer outcome. Yeah, I think some states do have like a bipartisan group, although I know Illinois is uh, not one of them. So that's interesting to hear that Congressman LaHood is for that. Well, Nicole, thanks for jumping on Local News Live. Where can people find your work and your reporting and the work of the Washington News Bureau for Gray TV? Uh, GrayDC.com. Perfect. That's where you can find myself and all of my colleagues. Nicole, thanks a ton. We appreciate it. Thank you. Nicole Newman, Gray TV MMJ in Washington, D.C., coming on Local News Live to talk about the Build Back Better social bill, how it may impact schools, the child tax credit, and also gave us some insight and some of the stories that she has coming up.